The final words. Well, these are the final words that we're going to get into from the Apostle Peter and possibly his final, final words, depending on how you look at the epistle. I'm going to guess they're among his final words, whether First Peter actually came after and we just put First Peter because it's longer, but he's certainly indicating in here that his time is close. Yeah. Well, thanks for joining us. We've been studying Second Peter now for the past few weeks and... Lord willing, we're going to wrap it up today, but it's certainly not an epistle that is wrapped up nice and tight in the idea that you could just leave it in a certain time period because, boy, how relevant is Second Peter to our lives today? So much so. Be prepared, he's saying. Be prepared. And here are the attributes, um, here are the things you need to be strong in as far as your own capabilities. Mm-hmm. And if you're strong in these things, then you can withstand uh, what may be coming your way as far as false teaching, uh, what may be coming as far as the false teacher is not only preaching uh, what he wants to be preaching, but he's saying to you, oh, by the way, is there such a thing as eternity? Is there such a thing as the Lord coming yeah, a judgment? judgment? And so this last chapter is Peter reassuring his members or the people that he's writing this to that Apostle Paul and myself have been telling you there is going to be a judgment day Mm -hmm. and uh, this is just a reinforcement of that. Yeah, and if anybody says anything different, they're a false teacher. Exactly. mindful. And the false teachers are potentially going to be teaching that. And so be wary of that. You start hearing somebody not being worried about a judgment day or is the Lord really going to do that? This is now you go over to John and say, test the spirits, because that's not what you know from Scripture, i.e. what I've written to you and what Paul has written. Well, and somebody's final words uh, are so powerful, especially somebody like Peter, who has truly lived an incredible life, but it's a life cut way too short, because what we know is that Peter's going to become a martyr and he's actually going to fulfill what the Lord said was going to happen to him. In in John chapter 21, you will be taken where you do not want to go and you will be bound. And you're actually going to carry through on that promise that you said a long time ago, I'll die for you. That's right. Yeah. And I think he's reconciled to what the Lord said because he says it. Mm-hmm. The Lord has told me what's going to happen to me. Yeah. And, and it's, it's I may true. not want to be here in these bonds, but I'm reconciled to that, and I'm, in a sense, fine with that, because I'm going to meet the Lord. I'm going to be with the Lord, and what I'm concerned is I don't want to leave before I really get all of you prepared for the fact that I'm going to be gone. Okay. Um, And that's important to Him. I want you understanding and knowing these things before I leave. Where we left off last week was uh, verses 11 through 13. As Peter says, what kind of people ought you to be in light of judgment? You should be living your lives in holiness and godliness because there is a new heaven and a new earth that is on the way. So how about we just pick it up? I I tell you what, I'll do this. I'll just start in verse 11 and read through the end of the chapter so we can get the whole thought. We're in 2 Peter chapter 3, and I'll begin reading in verse 11. Since all these things are thus to be dissolved, What sort of people ought you to be in lives of holiness and godliness, waiting for and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be set on fire and dissolved, and the heavenly bodies will melt as they burn? 
But according to His promise, we are waiting for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Therefore, beloved, since you are waiting for these, be diligent to be found by Him without spot or blemish and at peace. And count the patience of our Lord as salvation, just as our beloved brother Paul also wrote to you, according to the wisdom given, given to him, and as he does in all his letters when he speaks of them in these matters. There are some things in them that are hard to understand, which the ignorant and the unstable twist to their own destruction, as they do other scriptures." You, therefore, beloved, knowing this beforehand, take care that you are not carried away with the error of lawless people and lose your stability, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To Him be the glory, both now and to the day of eternity. Amen. Brings up Paul here, and... He's telling them, be prepared. Now, and it's interesting, Paul, Peter, John, they have very similar admonitions at the end of their life, don't they? It's similar in the sense of it's the same as far as what they're saying. Mm -hmm. It's They're saying it similarly. But uh, Paul has his own take as far as how he presents it, Peter, how he presents it, but they're both saying the same thing. And that's what exactly what he's saying here. That, uh, and that's what amazes me. Who is he writing to? Paul, uh, as far as we know, wrote only to Gentiles. Now, some will say, potentially he wrote Hebrews. If he did it, he did, did it clandestinely. And he didn't name himself, which was mm -hmm. unusual for him. Um, and so... Interestingly, the letters we have from Peter, although he seems to have been writing uh, or being the apostle to the Jews, his two letters seem to be to Gentiles. And, and so his, his field that he's writing to is a similar field to what Paul has written. So you have two of my letters, if not three, and you've got all of Paul's letters uh, and whichever ones he's referring to. We really don't know. Well, if we get to this point, if, if we're, we're in the 60s, yeah. all right, so we're, we're 30 plus years after the beginning of the gospel message and the crucifixion and resurrection of our Lord. But by this time, don't you imagine a majority of the believers are Gentiles? Yes. That maybe the Gentiles outnumber the Jews. And so that scene in the writing that is shared with the churches that a majority of the people in these congregations are going to be Gentiles? The way Peter writes and the way uh, Paul writes, they have Jewish connotations. They're mm -hmm. saying things about the Jewish scripture, which in a sense there would be better if there were Jews in those congregations which could help them interpret what's being said. This is what's said in scripture. This is where mm -hmm. I can tell you you can find this. And so the Gentiles uh, were being helped by their Jewish brethren with these letters, but it's primarily then to, let's say, Gentile congregations. Yeah. The primary gen Gentile, Gentile world. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so uh, there's more Gentiles than Jews within these particular congregations, but th that's who they're writing to. And he's saying, you have Paul's letters. You, 
for sure they likely have Thessalonians because that was written in the early 50s and very likely potentially the prison letters Ephesians, Colossians, Philippians which was early 60s they may have access to them because that's probably the very same people he's writing to you have these letters and yes there's some things in there that might be a little difficult if you're not into scripture if, if you read something casually you don't know what is right. being said. You can't read Scripture casually. Well, and if you look at some of the hard things of Paul, I certainly some things come to mind. Some of the chapters that you find in Romans uh, can be a little challenging. If, if you do go to the Hebrew writer, there can be some challenging yeah. things. But, but Peter's not saying you can't understand Absolutely. it. That's not what he's saying about Scripture. He's saying don't twist it, exactly. as some may do. But you go and look. If, for example, if you're going to study something, look at what Scripture says throughout Scripture on a subject. That's exactly what he's saying here. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, We have written to you about the second coming of Christ. We've written to you. Paul right. has extensively written to you about that. What your bodies are going to be like. What they're not going to be like. Uh, when it's going to be. Uh, I.e., like a thief in the night. You've heard all of those things. This is in Scripture. So... What are we doing in this potential day? We may be twisting because we have now a conceived idea uh, of there being a rapture and, and there being well, a thousand year exactly. reigns. And so now those pa- passages are being twisted. Right, so it's interesting you should say that. New heavens and a new earth. Yes. Uh, if you look at that in verse 13, there is a common mentality that there's going to be a brand new earth with a brand new heaven around it and Jesus is going to dwell on this earth and on this earth there will be this utopia world. I don't believe scripture speaks of that at all because if anything, Peter tells us the whole earth is consumed with fire. Well, if if this is going to be a new uh, thousand year reign, then also included in this is the destruction of the heavens that you know. Mm-hmm. That's not in the thousand year reign. That's going to come at Armageddon, so called, afterwards. It, as the premillennialist theory as goes. It, as as yeah. it goes. Mm-hmm. And it's saying it's happening at the same time. You, and so, what I tell people with this particular subject read what you do know mm-hmm. in Scripture about the second coming of Christ, which is going to be a sudden situation, uh, no real uh, prior warning, and it's going to be the day of judgment. Well, it's the idea of, if you kind of put that in line with 1 Corinthians 15, that's what Mark's yeah. been alluding to, immortal bodies and, yeah. and this change and the return of the Lord and those things. It's the idea that after the earth is consumed by fire, after judgment, there is a new dwelling place in which we have new bodies. Yeah. And we can see that in Scripture. So you put it all together. But regardless... That's called heaven. That's called heaven. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but regardless of, of what we may jump to uh, and look toward the end times, Peter's final words are to, Until that time comes, my beloved, be found without spot, without blemish, and be at peace. He's taking it back even a step further. You prepare yourself every day as if that is the last day. day. Mm -hmm. That is the day. So that is our admonition today. We are being prepared uh, as if it's the last day. And so if we're not spotless, if we're not without blame, if we're feeling as the false teacher, I don't worry about it. It's not happening. It hadn't happened 
since uh, I can't even remember. Was there was there a flood? You know, that's the way they're teaching. And you're saying the Lord has destro- destroyed us once; He can destroy us again. You don't know what's going to happen, so you be prepared for it. Right. And you individually. Strive for purity yes. in your life. Live each day as pure as you can and as blameless as you can, but also seek to live at peace with others. I, I can't help but think when every time I see the concept of peace, it, it's not just the idea of peace with God, but peace with your brethren. Yes. And some of the things that create conflict in our lives with other people, uh, feelings, situations. We all have it. We all have that. That's part of living the human experience. But how important are those issues that have separated us from others? How important are those going to be 10, 20, 100 years into eternity? They're not going to be that important at all. I mean, you were fighting over that. And it's as if Peter is saying to us, be at peace. It's, it's kind of what Paul says in uh, Romans 12. As much as it depends upon you, be at peace. Live at peace with all men. Be a person of peace. And so you make peace with God. You also make peace with your brother and your sister as if the Lord's coming that day. As you look at the letter of Revelations to the churches, mm-hmm. every church but two in there had issues. And would you really want to go to well, the, the, the point poor is, church or yeah, anything? Yeah, but the know? point is, in every one of those that had issues, you name him one, he says, take yourself out of there. No. He says, take care of the situation that's there. You're not dividing over some, some very serious issues. You take care of that issue as best you can, and division is not taught in Scripture, to to take care of every personality or every minor problem that comes that you can't solve. So the best thing for us to do is just separate. Split, no. and, and that's not what the Lord is teaching in Scripture. He's teaching you to love one another, you're in peace with one another, and you're working through those issues the best you can because each of you are a brother. Each of you... Is the Lord going to divide you in heaven? Okay, this bunch is over here because yeah. you believe the east that. Side and the this, west side this, over here and this the bunch is over there, there because you couldn't get along together on earth. So I'll separate you here in heaven. We do not see that in Scripture. Well, it goes back to the idea of, of what is our message as disciples of Christ sharing the gospel. It's a ministry of reconciliation yeah. to be reconciled to God. How, how best is that seen in the lives we lead in how we reconcile uh, with one another. And so I, I just get the impression that Peter, in much of the same way John does, is he pleads for peace among the brotherhood. Love your brethren. Love your brethren. And, and he goes on to say, and here's how you keep from falling. And, and falling away and being carried away by the error of the lawless people or those who uh, are going to lead you to instability or to failure, you got to grow. And it's not just grow in knowledge. No. Grow grace. in grace. And not. Grow in grace. Grow in not only your understanding and your appreciation for the grace that has been shared with you, but grow in your maturity to share grace with others. 
unmerited favor. A lot of people like to divide those two things. And sadly, uh, in the church, there may have been a, a, a time where we were more involved in knowledge. <laughs> we were growing in knowledge, uh, maybe not emphasizing the grace. And then there's other periods of time that maybe you're really emphasizing the grace and not being concerned about the knowledge. That is a coordinating conjunction there, which is saying both of those are equally important. You grow in grace. What God has done for you, what He's going to do for you, all those things, look at His favor that He's put upon us. And because you have that, you want to want to know what are the things He wants you to be doing. Now I'm looking at the knowledge aspect. What is it you want me to be doing? And so I need to know things, but I have fully got to envelop myself in the understanding of God's grace. Yeah, it's not either or. No. It's and. Grow in yes. grace and, and knowledge. And, and yeah, and, and isn't it interesting, the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So there, there's... There's a level of grace and knowledge that we are striving for, attaining to, in understanding who our Lord is and, and what He has done for us. And, and that, should, that should change us from the inside out, that we can be people who are seeking to live at peace with others. You know, that's, that's not a, another person he's talking about there. You don't put your grace or you don't put your knowledge, your faith in somebody else. Uh, you don't put your uh, knowledge and faith in some entity on this earth, some mm -hmm. institution on this earth. Uh, it's on, it's in Jesus mm -hmm. and what He represents and who He is. Uh, well, what about this Jesus? Well, He's left His body here on earth, which is His church. And so that's Jesus. Mm -hmm. uh, that's, that's His body. So all of those things are incorporated. So all of these things come under this idea of the grace and the knowledge. And it's in Jesus. It's of Jesus. You know, there's a part of me, too, when I read this, um, I can't help but hear Peter's plea as well as his ability to understand what happens when you fall. If you think of what Peter did, he denied the Lord three times. He, he knows what it's like to be separated from your brethren and all alone. He knows what it's like to deny the Lord. He knows what it's like to fall and to fall hard. And, and you think back to him looking at the Lord eye to eye and weeping bitterly, uh, that failure. And so now he's speaking to us, don't do. Don't, 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 don't do what I've done. Let's, and, and so here's, here's how you do it. Keep your eyes on the Lord. You grow in His grace. You grow in His knowledge. And that's where your faith is. And looking at Peter as a great example, who looked up who? After he had fallen. Oh, the Lord came to him. The Lord came to him. Mm -hmm. And is, does the Lord come to us today? Yes, he Absolutely. does. Absolutely. He's a seeker. You're back in the Word and you're seeking and you're seeing. Uh, these things can be forgiven. These things can be forgotten. I'm there for you. The Lord is seeking us. If we have fallen, if we've done these things, he's doing the very same thing today. He looked up Peter. Just like he looked for Adam and Eve. Exactly. Just like he looks for all of us. All of us. You and can't go so far that the love of the Lord can't reach It's receive. there. It's mm -hmm. there. And he's looking for you. That's why he's long-suffering. He's saying here in this passage, 
He wants you to be saved. He wants you to be reconciled. And He's giving you every opportunity. The patience of the Lord. The patience, that term where He uses it one time, it very turns right around and calls it long-suffering. Yeah. So patience and long-suffering, He's he's doing that for us. Yeah, and I it just realized uh, twice patience is mentioned. The patience of the Lord is mentioned yeah. by Peter in these final words. Exactly. When you go back. Uh, and you look at verse 9, he is patient toward you. Yes, because he wants you to <laughs> repent and come to him, reconcile to it. Well, great final words. Uh, that It's just powerful when you slow down and think about it. And you put yourself in the shoes of Peter, who is probably about to die. About to die. He's just days away from death, and these are his final words. And he wants these final words. I, The Lord has given me this opportunity to send you these final words. And so, if and when you read it, I may be gone. But I know that I've been able to remind you of these things, and now you have it in the written word, and you can pass this on, and you can pass this on, and you know how careful, if you got a letter from an apostle, how careful you must have been to try to protect that. Absolutely. And the way we should be today. Exactly. These are words written to us. We need to when he says beloved, he's speaking to you and me as well. Exactly. Therefore, my beloved. All right. Well, you got anything else you want no. to add to that? Okay. No. Well, we want to share with you what we're thinking. Uh, we're going to uh, take a couple of weeks off. We really appreciate everybody following along with us. And you've been so diligent to stay with us this past year and a half. Uh, that we've been sharing wow. this study. But we are working for working on a big new study that we want to begin at the first of the year, and we'll be releasing more information about that soon to our church family as well as to everybody who may be following us on YouTube. we got some big plans here with a new theme for the new year, and, and that, that includes a new study. And so we're going to be hopefully providing these studies in more than just the YouTube way each week, but hopefully through podcasts and other means. But we're working on that, and we're going to wait and announce that in a couple of weeks. So we're going to take a few weeks off, but beginning uh, the first of the year, uh, you're going to see these new studies, in, and we're, I'm excited about it. We've got a big plan uh, for the year that we want to share. I'm glad you and I are going to be part of it, not only uh, with the whole congregation, but us uh, bringing some of these lessons as far as this uh, podcast is concerned, this live stream, whatever, whatever, well, video, video, whatever we channel. are. Yeah. My mother says she lived too long for this generation. You're doing good. I, You're still here. I'm finding you the belong. very same thing. You Where belong. am I? You what belong am I in the YouTube Whatever age. we're doing, uh, <laughs> we're going to be part of that. All right. And we'll be sending out some emails on that soon. For those of you that are not part of our family in Christ or a member uh, here with us at Glen Springs, shoot us an email. We'll make sure you're getting uh, that information as well. But look for us uh, to return around the first of the year. Well, Mark, I've enjoyed studying Second Peter with you. I've enjoyed John, first and second, second third John, and first and second Peter. Uh, so great. we've this has been great, and I'm looking forward to our next study. All right. To everyone, thank you so much for joining us. And we just commend to you the words of the Apostle Peter. But grow. Grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To Him be the glory both now and for eternity. Amen. God bless. Stay in the Word, brethren. <laughs>